0: Alrighty. Welcome to another edition of Stargate Sundays here on 7 Days to Rock and Stone Guardians. Uh I am Kevin. This is I'm Ryan. Ryan over here. Yes, he says it's his own name. Um <laughs> sometimes I can make it work. Yeah. And for today we're going to do the episode Hathor. Um did you get a chance to watch it, Ryan.
1: I did. I did see Hathor and uh you know, I I took a quick peek at the next one to Singularity.
0: Ah, nice. Very nice. I like both of them, actually. Uh Doctor Fraser plays a pretty prominent part in both of them, so we get to see a little bit more of uh, Terrell Rothery.
1: So that's nice. Good to see some of these characters get, you know, some development. Yeah,
0: you like to flush out the ones that are uh, like I w- here's one character I wish got a little bit more action. Chief Master Sergeant uh, Walter Harriman. Do you know what I'm uh, talking about? I, I don't. I don't know if I care that much about him. Ah, uh, okay. He's the guy. For those who are unaware of his name, he's the guy who usually is uh, calling out the chevrons. There's that guy. Um, I wish he got flushed out a little more in the series, but he has his moments. Not a lot. Not nearly as much as Daryl Rothery, uh, as Doctor Frazier. But we can't all be winners. So Hathor, this is a pretty interesting, um, story, wouldn't you say? I feel like this story's been done a lot in popular culture over the years.
1: Um, yes. Yeah, it's absolutely, uh, a story that we've seen before. And I have to say that it feels like, um, very similar to the style of story that, uh, Emancipation was. Definitely better executed.
0: Well, interestingly enough that you say that is because they actually consider this to be one of their um, goofiest episodes. They they feel like their execution was off. And uh, act- I mean,
1: the very opening, that opening part, the cold open,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely is goofy. For sure. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But what I'm talking about is that um, uh, Brad. Uh, right, and uh, so the creators they ended up thinking it was one of their goofiest episodes, and they didn't quite execute it the way that they were hoping for. And they end up making a uh, <laughs> they end up making a joke about it in a later uh, season's episode. Now this is like season eight. I don't remember the episode number, but the episode's name is Citizen Joe. Now, I don't want to get too much into a tangent, but the guy who plays Joe in that episode is -hmm. the voice of Homer Simpson.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, Yeah, Dan Casanella.
0: That's his name. Couldn't couldn't think of his name. You know, he went to my college. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Are we going to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon one of these days? We have to, at least once. Yeah, we'll have to do that. So, um, the episode's name is uh, Hathor. It's season one. Episode 14, uh, and like I said, I gotta get right into it, otherwise, I'm gonna go into a, a major tangent here. Yeah, let's, let's hit it. The uh, original air date for this episode was October 24th, 1997. There's not. There's, apparently, October is a very boring month because nothing really happened. Know, October 24th, 1997, nothing really happened at all. Uh, however, video game wise, uh, October 21st, Grand Theft Auto got released. Um, it was released later for PS1 and uh, MS-DOS. Uh, MS-DOS, I believe, was released in November, and PS1 was like December 12th. So this is the uh, like
1: classic, very first one, where it's a top-down, you're uh, driving a car as if you're looking at the roof.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, that's exactly how it is. What do they call that kind of kind of game?
1: Type. Looking for tight. I, I don't. I, to me, it just, I would just call it top down.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a side scroller for sure, sort of. Yeah, top down side scroller. Yeah, but it's uh, one of the very first, so it's pretty cool. Um, and that's all I got for video games. I, it's like nothing came out after that except for there's a, there was an interesting game that I did find. It was called Steep Slope Sliders. You ever heard of this? <laughs> no. It looks like... Uh, well, it, it looks like a... Um, oh, what the hell is that game called? The uh, snowboarding game. You know the uh, one for the GameCube that, that came out? It was a big hit. SSX it, Tricky. That's it. It looks like a cheap rip-off of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it came out long before uh, uh, SSX. Um, but yeah. SSX was obviously the more popular uh, version because that got several reworkings and sequels. So, yeah. There
1: there are two versions of uh, the cover I'm seeing. One of them is like, you know, fairly well designed, okay. Sega Sports, okay. It's got like a picture of a dude. Uh, You know, it's bright but like it's framed pretty good. Yeah. The other version I'm seeing is like uh, a really shitty, like, Polaroid, maybe? And it's, like, completely off balance with contrast. And <laughs> it's so bad.
0: Yeah, it's not great. Uh, the one that I saw was terrible. It looked like a... It, it. You remember those really old video games that had video sequences that would happen? Yeah. They look. They looked like they were pixelated poorly, and they were just shit. Mm-hmm. And they would just keep flowing like they like nothing was wrong. I know that wasn't a great description, but I think everyone knows what I'm talking about who's seen Yeah, those.
1: and then the like text of that other version is also like the the thing that you see in like uh, memes and like Reddit posts where it's supposed to be that like goofy voice reading it.
0: Like steep slope sliders. <laughs> oh yeah, like they put a cap caps in the middle of yeah. the caps and lower than caps and lower. Yes, yeah, like it, it starts good. with lowercase, oh, yeah. uh, goes to uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase. It's so yeah. ridiculous. But uh, everyone who's not seen it, go and check that out because it's ridiculous, and you'll get a, a nice little chuckle out of it, just like we did. <laughs> Let's move on from video game history to uh, TV history. Uh, now, I hate I hate doing real depressing things, but I feel like this is a definite mention. On October 25th, 1997, Chris Farley guest-hosted Saturday Night Live uh, in what would turn out to be his final television appearance before oh, his death that. in uh, December of 1997. So, mm, that was so sad. Very sad. Uh, also on October 25th, uh, Disney Channel Original Movies became a thing. Under Wraps, the very first one was broadcast on Disney Channel.
1: Let's uh, let's pick up the uh, the emotional a little bit. What was your favorite Chris Farley
0: movie? My first, oh my favorite, Tommy Boy. Yeah, Tommy Boy. Oh, oh, hundred, yeah, hundred percent, me too. Hundred yeah. percent, it's Tommy Boy. Yeah, Tommy Boy. If you um, haven't seen that movie, go watch it after yeah. you're been listening to us. Um, Tommy Boy's great. I would say, what's that one he did with Matthew Perry? Everyone hated uh, it. Almost but I, heroes. I liked that one. I love that movie. Like, <coughs> like I had no problems with it because I'm a huge Chris Farley guy.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He's he's definitely one of those comedians that just could he couldn't do any wrong. Yeah. He's just great.
0: I I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Oh, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Good one. Oh yes, Beverly Hills Ninja. He was in. Uh, he was in Coneheads. I forgot. He, yes, uh, yes,
1: the boyfriend in Coneheads. Uh,
0: he was in Billy Madison which was awesome. I loved him Billy Madison. He was the bus driver. Yeah. Uh, he was in Wayne's World as the security guard. Wayne's World 2 as Milton.
1: Yeah, he's in a lot of uh those projects that kind of circled uh, SNL.
0: Airheads. Yeah, he did a lot of Adam Sandler stuff. Mhm. You know, it's it's interesting. On his IMDb page, he had 18 acting credits to his name. Really? Every single one of them I, I, I remember. Uh, one of them was all that as the Chicago Ketchup Chef. I don't remember that, but that's awesome. I remember that because it was Kenan Thompson with Chris Farley. It was one of my favorite things that they did, the Chocolate Chef. And then all of a sudden it was... Um, they bring in this guy who does nothing but cook with ketchup, and it's Chris Farley, and I was loving every minute of it. <laughs> um, awesome. yeah, almost heroes, and then Dirty Work. I don't remember Dirty Work. Dirty oh, work. probably because it was a uh, starring Norm Macdonald. Oh yeah, no, I I know what that movie is now. Okay, yeah. all right. Anyways, anyways, I'm sorry. We just we wanted R.I.P. to Chris Farley because we like him so much, but. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, um, That's, I mean, that's it, really, Uh, for TV history. I mean, the Game 7 of the World Series was broadcasted on the 26th of October, but who gives a shit about the World Series? Am I right? Yeah, I completely agree. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Who gives a shit? Uh, In other news for sports, um, we are not going to cover that because we don't do it. (laughs) But nice. who won the sports ball game, Kevin? <laughs> go local sports team. On this show, all we do is talk about the Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Here's a here's a colloquialism that everyone should know. From If you're ever going to Western New York and you just want to say hi to someone, just say, go Bills, and they will respond in kind, go Bills. It's a guarantee. You want to make friends? Just say, go Bills, if you're in go Western bills. New York. Ryan had to learn that the hard way. Go Bills. <laughs> uh, so film history. There was a, a little film called Gattaca that came out on the 24th of October, 1997. Oh, shit. Uh, I love that movie. Yes. Uh, Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman. I think this was the movie that where they got together afterwards. They got married for a little while. They had a couple of kids. Actually, for ever, okay. anyone who's seen... Uh, Stranger Things. Maya Hawk is Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman's daughter. It's the girl who plays Robin in Stranger oh. Things. I mean, she looks almost like identical to a young Uma Thurman. Yeah,
1: Pretty... I can see that.
0: Yeah, I can see a little bit of Ethan in there too, but it's mostly in the brows. But uh, yeah, Gattaca, That's a great. That's a great one. Uh, people should see that if they're really into science fiction especially like Aldous Huxley's uh, Brave New World or 1984
1: Yeah it's a really interesting combination of um kind of dystopian future and uh kind of like hopeful science fiction in like weird ways uh but it's definitely worth watching if you're into anything yeah. science
0: Yeah I think if I saw it last was on netflix i believe it's on netflix right now you can stream it cool, cool. Uh, so that's it for films video games and television now on to the good stuff um the written and directed by so this uh this episode is written by <clears throat> sorry the story by was uh david bennett karen uh david bennett karen is this is his only story for season one he comes back for season two and that's that's pretty much it for him so he's not really heavy into um stargate at all Uh, however he's done a couple other things he did he was a writer for star trek the next generation um did you ever watch beyond belief fact or fiction
1: uh wait that's the is... one with Jonathan Frakes, who hosts Oh, that. Oh, yes. No, I did. Oh, sure. man.
0: Me yeah. me, and uh, your wife, who happens to be my sister, used to watch that shit when we were kids all the time. And we would we would basically bet on whether or not the uh, story at the end was fact or fiction.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm
0: pretty true. sure I did the
1: same thing with my brother.
0: Nice. It was so much fun. Um, he wrote some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the eighties episodes.
1: Yeah, it looks like there's a whole bunch of like the animated
0: stuff like GI uh, Joe's Captain Planet, Get G. I. Get Joe's planet. the he Super did... Mario Bros Super Show. Yes, I saw that one too. Buck Rogers Twenty Fifth Century. Ooh. He did an episode of that. Yeah, he did a couple of things. Um nothing really jumps out at me as life changing or culture changing honestly so i mean he's a good enough writer can't really blame him for this episode um j larry carroll also helped him out on this one uh, i
1: didn't think that the the writing for this one was necessarily so bad
0: uh, the execution it on came it was off weird it, yeah it came off uh, hypersexual for some reason so the, the execution was off and i don't think yeah. it was anybody's fault well, I, I have to blame the director in this case. Because I think
1: yeah. Ultimately, it would come down to the director because so. if you have, you know, good, good actors, you've got, you know, moderate to decent writing, uh, you know, like ultimately, then it's up to you.
0: And we as can't a say. I mean, he bounces back. Let's just go with that. So, the the director is Brad Turner. We've seen his some of his work already. Thor's Hammer. We all liked Thor's Hammer. That one yeah. had perfect execution, but I just it just came off wrong. Maybe it was just the source material that he got. He just couldn't find a way to execute it the way that it should have been. Yeah, I mean, um,
1: sometimes things just don't come together.
0: He comes back for a lot of stuff, so this isn't the last we'll see of him. He comes back in Season 2 for uh, the Tok'ra, Part 1 and 2, Touchstone, uh, Season 3, The Crystal Skull. Uh, that's, crystal skull yeah that's a real good one. you're gonna enjoy that one that's um about the legend of the crystal skull obviously
1: uh, uh you know if you have you ever seen any of those at like the history museums
0: no uh they're really, they're really
1: interesting they really really interesting yeah
0: are there they're actual things called that are crystal yeah that's cr- yeah. crazy. That's yeah, and then of
1: course dope. there was that horrible Indiana Jones movie about it so
0: uh Okay. It it <laughs> let's just Obviously
1: say a difference of opinion. Let's
0: just say that the Indiana Jones movie had me up until the part where the aliens showed up cuz it just hit yes. me it hit me yes. with left field. Like I loved the movie up until that point and it's like
1: What? It would have been better if they had just left it as like ooh maybe really aliens or ooh maybe not really aliens. I would
0: have been perfectly alright if it had been some sort of goddamn magic or mysticism, because it's not like they haven't run into that before. Obviously I, I just
1: think it's more interesting when they leave it as a maybe.
0: It's kinda like it's kinda like what makes Game of Thrones so unwatchable right now. Because you know what happens at the end, and you're not looking forward to it, so there's just no point in watching this show anymore. Ever again.
1: I, I think there's some there's some material out there. There's some stories out there where, like, even if you know what happens, the the story is interesting. Like, um, like Obi Wan. Like, we know for sure that Obi Wan is going to survive this series. Like, so there's no real tension over. Now the last like, episode he'll comes out next not. week, right? Yeah, it comes out this next week, or and it's like coming Wednesday. so, we know for sure that he survives because movie. But like, it, what's happening is interesting because it's uh, like it expands on like who he
0: is as a character. That's why the extended universe for Star Wars was so popular because everyone wanted to know more than what the movies could give them. Right. Yeah and uh I mean you got
1: a lot of like post uh stuff from like post the original trilogy that um you know gotten validated by the recent trilogy but uh was like craved material because people just wanted to know more. Uh anyways what were we talking about Stargate? Yeah, Something? we were on Stargate and
0: Star Wars, man. <laughs> Let's do the uh the synopsis here. Yeah. Um So the Guadalud Queen Hathor, named after the Egyptian sex goddess, uh, awakens after being discovered in her sarcophagus in Mexico. Uh, She makes her way to Stargate Command, where she begins to exert her influence over the men on the base in order to start building her new Jaffa army. Soon, with all the males loyal to her, it is up to the females of the base to stop Hathor before it is too late. So this is where we get to see. It's a female centric episode, and it was poorly executed, unfortunately. Uh, however, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it enough to watch it again for sure.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting episode. I would say that of it. Like, it might not be, you know, what you consider traditionally good, but like, it's interesting. Or what you would consider traditionally
0: good. What would I consider traditionally good? Yeah, that was a question that wasn't stated.
1: Uh, the Torment of Tantalus, for sure.
0: Oh, well. It, uh, y- your flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let's get uh, into the characters, because, uh, I mean, the planet is just Earth. It takes place completely on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, no real aliens to speak of. It's just us. Here in Stargate Command, um, it is Pfft, Hathor, who is, in fact, a uh, gold queen, which means that she can um, give birth to live symbiotes. Yep, she shoots
1: those wiggly boys directly out of her. I know. Grossly. Um, Thankfully, you don't have to see that. It yeah. just kind of happens off screen.
0: Yeah, we... I don't want to see it. I just don't want to. I want nothing. To no, you nothing.
1: don't want to see it. And Moving if you do, it. you should go get, speak with Get help. There.
0: Please get help. Just get help. That's all get we have help. to say is get help. Uh, and so no aliens, to planet, no license plate, because obviously Earth doesn't have a license plate designation. It's just... How um, rude. It's Yeah, it's just a uh, planet. It's just Earth. Um. So... <laughs> Uh, let's see here. We open in uh, Mexico. Um, some archaeologists. Oh, sorry. I, I apologize. I I skipped the prominent characters section here. Oh, oh how could I do this? Heaven. My bad, man. Uh, obviously, the only one really is um, Hathor. Uh, Hathor was the mate of for Ra and the mother to Harrowir um, she's left stranded obviously by the Tauri rebellion that happened oh so many years ago um, she became imprisoned in a sarcophagus and um, eventually she, she escapes at, in this episode uh, so the episode not the episode the uh, person who plays Hathor her name is Sue Ann Braun. Uh, she's from South Africa, weirdly enough. One Ooh. of those weirdos who was born on February the twenty ninth. <laughs> um, as far as things she's been in. I don't really see anything. Did you? I Let's mean take she's a look. she's in the new dying light video game. Okay. As uh Sophie. Uh, I she don't was know that character. in the I new... Have you seen Red Dwarf before? Uh, Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, they brought it back, and she's been in that. Oh, I am not aware that they brought that back. Well, I don't know if they brought it back so much as they just kept continuing it. Like, did it ever really end? Who knows? I do not recognize any of these things. Any of the stuff that she's been in? No. There's Wings. She was in Wings. (laughs) Wings. I can't say that I ever really watched Wings. Love Wings. Um, Yeah, she didn't do a whole lot. It's just, it's nothing of any serious consequence after having done Stargate. Or before having done Stargate. So. She definitely looks South African. That's all I can say.
1: What? There's
0: a certain look. I mean, if you look at Elon Musk and then you look at her, and you, you get the you get the look.
1: I tried not to. It, it makes me nauseous.
0: <laughs> Jesus. So, that's her. That's all we got for her. Nothing popular. She's kind of boring. It's kind of upsetting, actually. Let's get into the episode. So, we open in Mexico with archaeologists... Uh, Kleinhaus and Cole, um, who are investigating the Mayan Pyramid, which houses an ancient tomb. Um, They make note that uh, recently the Mexican government wouldn't allow them to investigate that tomb. Uh, In the tomb, they find a sarcophagus. Cole discovers that the sarcophagus contains ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. uh, And it has the symbols for the goddess Thor. Our client house remembers a journal from um, Dr. Daniel Jackson, which is interesting. Now, he says, ridiculed Egyptologist, Dr. Daniel Jackson. But as we know, Dr. Daniel Jackson has quite a lot of faces. He's got a lot of things going on for him. He speaks eight different languages. Can you speak eight different languages? I can speak three
1: very poorly. <laughs> including English. <laughs> including and up to English. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Um, also, math is not a strong suit for Ryan. Uh, mathing is hard. <laughs> <laughs> they open the, sarc- the sarcophagus and a woman rises out. Uh, she demands know where is, and then she realizes they're not go and she uses her Karakesh to kill them all.
1: Yeah, uh right after uh the audience screams ooh and uh Jerry's like we'll see you next time on Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she
0: looks like she could be on Jerry Springer. She is very dramatic. I mean, it's all dramatic. Uh later on the sarcophagus has made its way to the uh, embarkation room of Stargate Command. Uh, by the living members of the archaeology team in Mexico, uh, they believe Cole and Kleinman were murd- murdered. Murdered. Is it Kleinhaus or Kleinman? Uh, it says Kleinhaus on IMDb. Yeah, weird. I must. I don't know why. I must have had some some sort of weird autocorrect. My bad. Oh my bad. Are you saying you didn't? Check your uh, writing. No, and I do, do, who the hell goes over their notes after writing them down? Well, we know I don't. Oh, so don't, who the hell are you to tell me what's going on here? I'm Ryan. Thank Fuck. you. Damn it! Fucking got me again. Got him. Rock flag <laughs> and eagle, right?
1: Rock, rock flag and eagle. It's
0: totally a thing, and Dan hates it. I know. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I told him I would make it a thing. Anyway, so they uh, the living members of the archaeology team in Mexico uh, had heard of Jackson's work and tracked him down. Jackson and Jack uh, recognized this from Abydos as being one of the uh, gold sarcophaguses. Um, they're interrupted um, who, by an SF who informs Major General George Hammond that an intruder has entered Cheyenne Mountain. Oh. 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 Uh, and somehow she knows of the Stargate's existence. Yeah, they're like... Occasionally
1: you get somebody who drives up and they're just, like, lost. Uh, so they're just like, yeah,
0: just get them out of here. But they're like, sure.
1: Yeah, let's think that about that
0: started. for a second here. Like, this is the one of the closely guarded secrets of... Um, this universe that we are watching and some random woman is strolling around what my i mean my first thought is why in god's name do you need to get general hammond's uh approval that an intruder is entered through cheyenne mountain and not have already detained her right
1: yeah like um first of all why wouldn't the general be like okay, well, if he's coming to me with this now, it's not going to be to some, like, dude. Because, uh, uh, like, all you do is you deal with it, and then you write a report, and you send the report, and that be it. Yeah, uh, right. Or, or they you make note up, of it like, in the prison yeah.
0: log or something.
1: Yeah, you make a note of it, you keep the film, you write the Kinda report. It kind of feels like, like General
0: Hammond does an awful lot more than what he probably should do.
1: Yeah, you don't need the person who's running the entire installment
0: to know doing every fucking that. thing. Right. That happens like, as it happens. Yeah. I feel like he can he can Innovation. take some time. It'll be fine if he learns about it tomorrow. Just just take care of it. Yeah, and if it's
1: something suspicious like that, just, you know, detain them. <laughs> I was waiting
0: for that. Okay. But um anyway, she she gets but, detained. But we
1: know what that is, right? Right, Kevin? Do you know what that is?
0: Yeah, tell me what it is. Uh,
1: It's a plot device. Plot device. (laughs) I'm going to get a shirt for you. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to design that. (laughs) She is
0: detained uh, by the base guards and then put in a cell. Um, Hammond, Jackson, and O'Neal arrive in said cell. Um, Now, she's the same woman who ended up killing uh, the client's team in Mexico she introduces herself oh excuse me she introduces herself as Hathor Egyptian goddess of fertility uh and, nebredi, and ugh, god damn it why did I write it that way <laughs> being drunk and music sex drugs and rock and roll essentially rock, flag, and eagle which uh which O'Neill makes a point of of telling um they, they obviously don't think she's a stra- a threat at all um, at this point you would think that if they found her in a sarcophagus you would immediately jump to this is a gould we shouldn't allow her out of her restraints yes I mean they've they've dealt with them enough times that it's best not to have them non restrained unrestrained but of course Jackson being Jackson he decides to do it but this is, ob- yeah, this is definitely a plot die. device here. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so he removes the restraints, and she thanks him uh, and kisses his hands. Um, unbeknownst to him, uh, she ends up blowing out this mysterious pink mist. Now, oh, this, now, interestingly enough, this isn't the last time we'll see this device used, because you would think that, you know, this, uh, this kind of uh, baloney, bullshit, go-old magic um, would only happen like once and then never happen again. But believe it or not, it happens again. It happens again. That just seems like sloppy planning. <laughs> uh, it's a different color in the next time that we see it. Uh, it's actually... So they give it a name. It's called Nishtha. Um. It's a powerful pheromone, essentially. Um, we'll see it again in an episode called Seth. Where we'll Seth. see the cult of Seth. Seth. Like a, a real Jonestown situation, if you know what I mean. Nothing?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I I was, was recently like listening to uh, a podcast called Cults. Even though I've heard stuff about Jonestown, like...
0: A lot. There was a documentary I watched a couple years back about it. It was pretty disturbing.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's 100% worth knowing about, but it is... I think
0: the documentary was specifically about the infiltration by the FBI to get there and somehow take him out. But what ended up happening is they, they botched the whole fucking thing and it ended up turning into a massacre at the, at the airport. Yep. Uh yeah. Uh Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. It's still worth watching if you know what happens. But. Yeah, it really enlighten you about cults if you don't know much
1: about that stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh or you could uh listen to Creed Bratton on Creed Bratton. Yes, he, he has more fun as a follower. Makes more money as a leader. <laughs> Do you not remember that throwaway? I don't remember that. In the no. office Creed Bratton has one of his uh his uh, side heads or whatever they're called. Um and he says I used to belong to a number of cults. I ha- I had more fun as a follower, made more money as a leader. It <laughs> was awesome. Alright. Anyway, this mysterious pink mist. Um it seems to have an effect on Jackson. And she tells him uh, she was drawn to the Chapa eye the Chapa eye being what they refer or what the Gould and Jaffa refer to as the Stargate um, she still wants to know where Ra is they can't say as the uh, have absolutely well, oh sorry they know where where he is he's blown to bits in the middle of space just above Ab probably he did pieces of him in orbit around Abydos. <laughs> uh, so obviously they can't tell her it's a need to know kind of thing she yep. then wants to uh, to kiss Hammond's hand thinking that she's crazy at this point they end up playing into her delusions first of all why? other than being a plot device what the what in the hell man I wouldn't go anywhere near that chick she looks batshit
1: yeah I'm like it sounds like Hammond like lost his mind of, uh... for
0: two seconds
1: sarcophagus and murdered two people I'd be like hell no hells to the no please even if you didn't know that like she knew that the thing was there I'd be like okay here's what we're gonna do she's gonna be in her room there's gonna be three inches of plexiglass between us and we're gonna ask her questions and for every question we don't believe we're going to uh, take down like ten degrees of the room well bingo bango Bongo. Dead
0: Gould. Dead Gould. Well, they don't know her. She's a Gould at this point just yet. Well, so, I mean. Uh, the Pink Mist touches his hand, uh, and then Hammond and O'Neill leave the room so Hathor can talk to Jackson. Uh, she asks him where Ra is and uh, glows her eyes at him. Apparently, that's Jackson's kink. <laughs> uh, Jackson ends up telling her. Yeah, Jackson ends up telling her that Ra's dead. And um, Hathor apparently is thrilled by this news. I imagine that it was sort of a uh, beating situation for for her for Ra her boyfriend like that's kind of what I get from them. like he came home drunk with uh, a wife beater on and then he ended up actually beating his wife. What I I know that was a bit of weird you know like Ra and Hathor. They're the Jerry Springer couple? Like Ra's got plenty of kids with other other chicas.
1: Yeah. 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 She's always complaining about him never being home and he's like You love me, woman, you know it.
0: <laughs> I think we've just described what what should be considered for spin off material. Uh, a nice little sitcom about Hathor and Ra. That would be nice. And spoiler, called Hathor and Ra. <laughs> I would call it uh Married with Symbiots or something. <laughs> I don't know. That would be I I, I I just imagine a married with children thing going on where Ra's sitting on the couch with his hand in his pants <laughs> drinking a beer. Yeah, Hathor you can hear
1: the, the love and marriage song Hathor playing. Hathor
0: walks in, in in high heels and Gigantic red
1: hair. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> ra.
0: <Rah! laughs>
1: oh. <laughs>
0: okay. I think we just discovered something. Million dollar idea. Don't <laughs> steal it, anybody. Oh, freaking hell. Uh, uh, she ends up wooing Jackson. Uh, and uses the pink mist again on him, and they're, they're kissing, and it's kind of weird. Every time you say
1: that, I think of red mist from uh, Kick-Ass. <laughs> with, Mc, with McLovin? With Christopher Min's Place. Yes. What has that guy done lately? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it's all I think about every time you say it. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Um, so they're back in the briefing room. Uh, they're considering who they think Hathor is, and Jackson enters uh, with Hammond and the rest of One, and tells them that the woman claiming to be Hathor has either extensively researched ancient Egypt or has lived there, meaning she's she's a ghoul, but possibly a good one.
1: Had they, they met a good ghoul at this moment?
0: Not yet. That doesn't happen until season two.
1: Okay, so it's just a concept that there could be a good one. Yeah, this is the
0: second time that they've mentioned good gold. Um, I can't remember the episode where they mentioned it before, but they pointed it out and excuse me so bitch Uh, I think they pointed it out during a brief candle where um, uh, Jack got a big kick out of it because he didn't believe that it was a real thing.
1: Yes, but yeah, they, it's, it's definitely that one.
0: But they end up, uh, they end up finding it out. Um, he ends up requesting that she be in the briefing room with them. Um, O'Neill, uh, Carter, and Teal seem to be uh, opposed to the idea. If opposed is the right word, they're they're like, "Are you fucking batshit?" Um, yeah, <laughs> they're not happy. No. And then Hammond, uh, Hammond decides to go ahead and let them do it anyway. Um, he's persuaded to hide the Stargate by closing the blast door, however. So, they end up hiding the Stargate on her anyway. Um, so Hathor enters. Uh, she meets O'Neill again. Um, she learns Enda was the one who ended up killing Ra. And, um, O'Neil tries to avoid her in his usual fashion. Um... But she uses the pink mist again? Uh pink mist. Pink <clears throat> mist. <sharp> pink Why does it have to be pink? Couldn't it have been a different different color? Like Jesus. Now how is no one noticing it, first of all? Feels like something you would see happening. Yeah.
1: Wouldn't you want it to be like a uh a colorless, odorless gas?
0: Um silent but deadly. Yeah, SPD, for sure. <laughs> um, O'Neill ends up complying, and she attempts the same thing on Teal'c, who doesn't wish to serve any equal Uh The Pink Mist doesn't actually end up working on him. Um, Carter ends up noticing that the uh, males are acting strangely, and uh, she ends up questioning Hammond's orders. And she tells O'Neill if he could back her up on this one. Uh, which he says he will if there's an actual problem. And he's oblivious, as always, to the fact that there is an actual problem. After Carter is stunned, Hammond offers Hathor a tour of the facility. Uh, she's taken to guest quarters and informed that the two guards will be posted there for her protection. Um, she asks to have the guards removed... And she breathes the pink mist again. What's really interesting, and I know I say interesting a lot, but this is something that you'll want to pay attention to for uh, when the cult, when the Seth episode happens. For the Seth episode, he only needs to do it once with the gas. And then they're completely compliant until they get blasted with a Zat Nicotel. Have they introduced the Zats yet? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think they introduced them till like the last episode of the season, or the second to last episode of the season. So they're basically handheld stunner guns. So until so what's so why the hell does she have to keep pheromoning them for some reason? Maybe I've,
1: she has the uh,
0: Walmart version. <laughs> you would think that her version would be the better version, since I'm pretty sure Seth had to make his. Out of a biological component, she just seems to be able to uh push it out of her body at any point in time.
1: well, maybe that's what makes it less um potent because it's uh something she has to like build up Don't maybe sass he me. just doesn't have that much. Don't I don't su- know. Don't sass me. We're, we're, suppo- we're making a supposition here. It could be Everything anything.
0: we're making is a supposition.
1: Yeah, maybe because she ate a tomato instead of an apple. It, it just works worse. Oh, fuck.
0: What? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. So the power of her suggestion ends up reaching O'Neal. And um, Hammond and O'Neill leave. Athor wishes to talk to Jackson alone again. Um she asks Jackson or wishes Jackson to be her chosen person. Her pharaoh. Uh under the power of suggestion, Jackson says that he will honor and even die for her. Your dog, be my pharaoh. Be my pharaoh, dog. Okay. Okay, Dad Is that like being baby daddy? Is being a baby daddy? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it.
1: This He could be a proud father of some bouncing
0: baby goo fish. Yeah, gross. So Carter gets mm-hmm. suspicious uh, that the males seem to be infatuated with this Hathor person. So she does some research. Um, and despite her lack of experience she finds a website that says that all the sex goddesses from various mythologies may be the same woman. Including, oh, uh, including Aphrodite, things. Ishtar, Astarte, uh, Ceres. <laughs> a new start. Uh, no, it's like a Astarte. Astarte. I I don't I know had, how to pronounce that. I I know I was making a Arrested Development joke. Um. So it's not just Carter. Uh, most of the females start noticing stuff, including Dr. Frazier. Um, Frazier thinks that Hathor may be using some kind of chemical to influence the men, and uh, thinking that she's a threat, Carter suggests they neutralize her. And when they I mean, say neutralize her, I mean take her out back and beat her with a hose, right? Is that that that's what it means, right? Yeah. Give me some fucking yeah, cola before sure. I break those fucking yeah. teeth. Ah. Uh, so, uh, in the guest quarters, Jackson learns Hathor is a gold queen, where she is uh, creates gold. Um, uh, he also learns that she wants Jackson's DNA through sex reproduction. Gross. Oh, lay. Now here's something funny. If you look on the Stargate Wiki uh, page for this, um, where it says that she wants uh, Jackson's DNA through sexual reproduction. That's a highlighted passage. As in there's a link to something. Oh. Um, no. Weirdly on. enough, it's... I I don't even know. I don't even know, man. that's so on, man. It goes straight to a page uh, that says sex. In biology, sex is a process of combining and min- mixing genetic traits. What the hell? Oh, uh, that's good stuff. I'm very disappointed. Basically the the pictures that they show are from Stargate Universe, the very first episode where those two okay. people are doing it in on the uh on the Icarus base. Mm-hmm. But that's too far ahead. It's way too far ahead. That's very far ahead. Oh very. Um but after using the pink mist again they kiss uh and she gets she wants him to impregnate her. Hardcore, that's <laughs> how most people have babies,
1: right? Like, you Heart, sit down and you're like, I would like to impregnate you.
0: I think that's how it worked for me and my you wife, did, right? yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. we are. <laughs> no, I picture myself doing this, the thing that Jay does in um, Zach and Mary Make a Porno. Where, where oh God, let us fuck! <laughs> uh, uh, let us fuck. Now yeah, uh, I love that every time. <laughs> uh, so back in the armory, Carter, Fraser, and the females arm themselves in order to kill Hathor. Um, they end up being interrupted by Tilk, who believe him, who believe them to be under Hathor's control. Uh, however, Tilk's gold protects him from Hathor's influence, and they allow Tilk to join them. Uh, Hathor plans Hathor plans to use the base as her nest to spread out, um, eventually making Earth uh, filled with gold. And then, um, after cautiously making their way through the base, they arrive at the guest quarters, uh, where they see Jackson motionless. They soon track her to the locker room where they see her resting in a hydrotherapy whirlpool bath by herself. Yeah, that's kind of a gross scene. I yeah. Be honest. yeah, I don't know what to say to that one. That's probably where they went sideways with this episode. Um, as they end up making their move, Hathor awakens and orders the guards to protect her. Uh, they circle her and Hammond orders the women to stand down. After they're surrounded, the women and Teal'c decide to stand down, who are then taken to the brig. Who?
1: Yeah, uh... Let me just ask you a question. Sure. If you really believed this person to be, like, responsible for all these changes in the middle of a secret base that has a Stargate that can link to, like, Maybe the universe's greatest conflict that you know of, uh, wouldn't you just be like, Yeah, I'm going to blast her the second you saw her? You just like, as soon yeah. as she pops up, yeah. yeah.
0: Shooter. Shoot her. Should first ask questions, yeah. never. Exactly. Um, I think that can be explained away only because it's so. They're still trying to reason with the Gould at this point. Um. Yeah, I think at this point in the game, they're trying to reason with them still. Uh Later on, they decide it's not worth it. And they shoot first and ask questions never, which is nice.
1: Right, because we... I mean, even at this point, you know that,
0: like, they're absolutely not interested in... uh We, the audience, know that for certain, ghouls are not interested in reasoning. They do not care uh, about you. They only care about what they can get. So, it's a waste of time to try and reason with them. And Jackson ends up learning this lesson the hard way, unfortunately. Yep. So, uh, back to the cell uh, where, um, Carter realizes that Hathor's powers are pretty advanced, and uh, since O'Neill has uh, special forces training, has been given special forces training to repel mind control techniques, it is now under Hathor's influence. Now, it seems like she mentions this, but it doesn't really make much sense to me. Like, this is clearly some sort of chemical biological agent that's way beyond uh, human understanding at this point. It's right, like, come I think, on I think in in
1: media um we've seen that uh there are quite a few instances of like people being under like a drug and like somehow trying to resist it, but this isn't really any... like if it's a chemical thing happening there it there should be very little you can do,
0: yeah, especially since you can only be trained for so much um yeah. Uh, Carter explains she often feels like the girl, and Fraser has a revelation. If uh, Hathor's drug's hormone-driven, it uh, usually drives the men wild. Ooh. Um, So they end up up, uh, trying to seduce the uh, SFs to escape. The plan ends up working, and they seduce and subdue their guards, disarming them, and then locking them up. Uh, O'Neill ends up visiting Hathor in order to ask her questions. Um, however, instead Hathor decides to give him a gift. Um, under her uniform is a glowing device on her belly. It's active. Uh, she embraces O'Neil firmly. Uh, and the device causes considerable pain for him. And um, she, she tells him that he's going to be the new First Prime. Uh, once she pushes him away... Uh, O'Neill discovers that the uh, symbiote pouch has been created in his abdomen. Now, this has never this has never been seen before, nor will be seen ever again, as far as I know. So what the hell? <laughs> they just like randomly said, "Oh, this is how it's done by hugging." That's probably why it upsets people. is because it's like, oh, by hugging, that's how the J- Jaffa were originally created. It manipulated their DNA by hugging. <laughs> A nice warm hug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man. This really reminds me of that uh, 50 Cent song. What's that? You know, in the club.
0: I hate everything about you. <laughs> everything you choose to be right now I hate it So this is, this is my whole existence this is what I live for the um, women end up seducing, or not, subduing a few more men and then uh, this includes General Hammond uh, they end up freeing Teal'c and then they decide to return to the locker room
1: you know, uh, here's
0: a callback for you what's up
1: uh, remember when uh, they brought back that illness that made them regress Yes. From the land uh, of the touched. I, I'm really surprised that General Hammond didn't go like way crazier. Uh because like he had to be like jacketed for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But he didn't really freak out as far as we could tell. Although he was or, probably I, sedated very well. I don't know where you're going with this.
1: I don't know. <laughs> that's that's all I had really.
0: Oh. Nice callback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Hathor is rising from the bathtub. She's now filled it with infant symbiotes, which is pretty friggin' gross.
1: Yeah, that that that's so weird.
0: That's nasty. Um, it's such a weird image. She uh, she puts O'Neill in the bathtub. Uh, leaves him to uh, get a symbiote in this pouch. Uh, she leaves, and then Carter, Fraser and Teal remove him from the bath. Uh, checking the pouch, they find that no symbiote made its way inside. Um, however he has no, he now has no immune system um, so tilk suggests that they use the sarcophagus to heal him um, and it's so interesting thing about the sarcophagus is that later on we discover that the sarcophagus actually although it heals your body it ends up destroying your soul somehow Ooh. Uh, the more and more you use it the less likely you will be able to uh, ascend, as the ancients called it. Uh, because it just destroys your soul. Completely. Takes takes a little bit of you every time. Um, mm-hmm. So they put him in the sarcophagus. Um, the blast doors end up opening after they've, they've closed him in there. Uh, two airmen open fire on Carter, Fraser and Teal'c. Uh, Fraser's shot and wounded, as is Teal'c. Uh, Hathor stops the airman and sees O'Neill emerge from the sarcophagus healthy again. Uh, she realizes O'Neill's human again. She uses her hand device the sarcophagus uh, before leaving the room. Uh, so the sarcophagus goes into overload, and the team hastily leave the gate room seconds before it is destroyed. Um, now that O'Neill is back, Fraser and Tilp go to the infirmary. O'Neill takes Carter to a storage room, uh, arms themselves with tranquilizer guns to stop guards. Uh, they find Hathor is back in the locker room again. Apparently, she's into the whole Porky's reunion thing, uh, where she tells the airmen to capture Carter and kill her to regain her retribution. Um, they emerge and shoot the SFs with tranquilizers, but Hathor retaliates by knocking Carter back with her hand device uh, before she could use it to attack O'Neill. Carter quickly gets up and shoots her several times with the sidearm uh, the tub catches fire somehow I'm not really okay. sure
1: the tub full of water
0: yeah the tub full of water catches fire somehow uh, killing all the ghouls, the uh, infant gould um, and Jackson still under the <laughs> her influence looks in disbelief um, unknown to them however Hathor ends up leaving um, she uses the energy shield of her Karakesh to escape unscathed, leaving while everyone concentrates on a stunned Daniel Jackson. Um, she dials a Stargate, goes to Chulak, and um, all the men quickly snap out of it as soon as she's left. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't really feel like the whole wrap up at the end is necessary to mention. So that's that episode. Uh, Hathor ends up coming back so we'll see her again Um, we learn a little more about Nishta in the future Uh, they added some weird shit in this one that never ends up happening again so overall I can understand why people got pissed about this episode what about you?
1: yeah I get it Uh, you you add a bunch of lore and uh, you know what never use it again never use it again what was the point of adding it yeah
0: right yeah so so whoever's got the show bible it's got a whole bunch of shit that is never ever going to get used again ever ah well let's let's see if we can save it with some fun facts about this episode um the way that hathor usually refers to herself she usually says that we are hathor um I think they were uh, they were out either trying to go for the conventional uh royalty as the royal we okay. but I think that the showrunners were more likely saying this because um she had a gold inside of her and they were saying we for that reason. Yeah, like it's but uh that's sort of open to interpretation, I suppose. Um there's a scene where Hathor exits her bathtub completely dry. Uh, oh, I'm pretty yes, sure Yes,
1: I recognize that.
0: I I think what they did was they they played it backwards where yeah. she is uh, entering it. Well, I have to I have to rewatch that one because I I, I forgot to watch this time around after I discovered this fun fact. Um it, it's so like I was saying, this episode it. was heavily criticized. The series writers themselves acknowledged it was one of their weakest episodes. Um, during a Season 8 episode, Citizen Joe, like I was saying earlier, uh, they self-referentially point out the goofiest moments in this series, including this episode. Ugh. The pink pheromone from Hathor's Breath we see again. Is, it's called Nishta We'll see it in Seth. Uh... This is apparently the first episode in SG-1 where they do not travel through the Stargate. Although I don't... No, no, that's true. Yeah. Because the second episode was all on Earth, but they did travel through the Stargate still. Pretty sure.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Uh,
0: A anyway. little little fun. Next time, for those who haven't watched this episode and plan on watching it after this, Uh, keep an eye on Teal'c. Uh, you'll notice his, um, his logo on his head uh, is some sometimes sideways. <laughs> I think that the type of glue that they were using obviously wasn't holding. <laughs> ah, nice. So as far as rewatchability scale, what do you got there, Ry?
1: I would say this one's on a little bit lower for me. I would still say it's maybe like a solid 3. 3.3, 3, something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give this one a 3. Um, it's a solid episode, but if you're if you're interested in watching it or doing a rewatch of the series, it's probably okay to skip. There's nothing of real importance in it. Um, and overall, it's a pretty goofy episode. It's not as fun yeah. to watch as the other ones that we've seen so far. Yeah, and remember, as Kevin said, uh, you know, they add a bunch
1: of stuff that's just never referenced again. So like
0: Yeah. It's not really And Nishita. when they do reference it again or when they do bring it back, like the only thing from this episode I can think of is Nishta. They they explain it over again in the next episode. So you completely skip this one so it doesn't fucking matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, why why watch it again if they're just gonna explain it? Yeah. If so if you're not if you
0: weren't into this one don't ever rewatch. It's not real necessary. Um, that's it from us, guys. Follow us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, at 7 Um Let us know how you like it. Hit us up on Podchaser to uh, review episodes or uh, our podcast in general. Let us know if you've got something you'd like us to do, something you'd like us to talk about. Um, and that's it. We wish you seven days to rock and stone, Guardians. Rock and stone.